When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Hondo Carpenter. It's great to talk to you today. Welcome to Super Bowl week. Both teams are here in Vegas. They got in last night. Um, excited to have you guys with me today. We're going to talk a lot about Luke Getze today. Um, if you missed the reporting uh, yesterday on our site, uh, Luke Getze and the Raiders are, are working to finish a deal. Someone asked me uh, just literally moments ago on social media, Does in, some of y'all like me, you don't sleep, but asked me, you know, hey, Hondo, is the fact we're not hearing anything, anything with what happened like with Cliff? No. I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again. There was an agreement. We want to work together. It didn't happen. Cliff backed out. Now Cliff is, is, is going to be with the commanders probably, and that's okay. It wasn't the end of the world. It wasn't the end of the world at all. So I'm going to get into Luke Getze. Um. I want to explain a little bit of where I'm coming on this today, and then we're going to dive right in because there's a lot about him. I don't think that a lot of people know or understand. I'm going to let you in a little bit into the interview, and then we're going to move on from there. So first of all, uh, Luke Getze, if you go only on the numbers and you don't do a deep dive, completely failed in Chicago. Okay, that's factual. You can't deny that. And so when people only look at one set of figures and say, oh, my God, you know, this guy's terrible. The sky's falling. That's that's absolutely germane. And you're looking at the Bears saying, I don't want to be the Bears. If the Bears didn't want this guy, why do we want him? All legitimate points. But we're going to do a deep dive today into Getze because I think when you begin to know him, his background, and some things that he's done, I think it begins to open up a new um, purview for you. Now, I want to go back because when AP was first hired, I told you this was going to happen. You can go back. This is what I love about the digital age. You can go back and see everything is timestamped. I told you to look at Patrick Graham. Now, Patrick Graham, when he was with the Patriots, had a lot of people talking about him as a potential head football coach because he's a great coach. Patrick Graham's not a good coach. He's a great coach. He goes to the Giants where everybody has a boss, 
and he goes to the Giants, and the defense was okay. It wasn't fantastic. It wasn't stellar in the least, but um, but he did what his boss told him he wanted done. Now, you can go back and <clears throat> watch an interview I did when the Raiders first hired him with Giants beat writer Patricia Traina. And I also talked about this on Raider Nation Radio. I think it was with Q Myers at the time. Um, when I mentioned, a lot of people are going to judge him by what happened at the Giants and say, why are the Raiders taking this guy? It's just because he's a Patriot. And I made it very abundantly clear that this guy was a great football coach and that the situation dictated the result more than he did. Now, after his, and I told everybody, this is a guy that should be a head coach. This was a great hire. I'm not saying that to Pat Hondo. I'm going back so you can see where I'm going here with Getze. Okay. Last year, I wrote and talked about on the podcast how fortunate the Raiders were to have Patrick Graham back. And I'm saying it again this year. Anytime you come back to a new season and Patrick Graham is your defensive coordinator, it's worthy of celebration. He's that good. He's a Vic Fangio, Spags kind of guy. It's very well respected and very well could be, if not the smartest, excuse me, one of the smartest people in the NFL. So Antonio knew there are times in my career where I've been judged when I had a boss. Okay, he knew about last year. The Raiders defense was good. And Josh McDaniels gets canned, and he turns Patrick Graham loose, and it was the best in the NFL. He understood that. He knew that. And I told you this. So he was not going to be moved by um, success or lack of success by previous coordinator positions. He wanted to, if he felt guys' resumes um, showed some um, – substantive success he wanted to go with that somewhere now that is the systemology of of antonio pierce he doesn't like to judge book by books by covers i really respect him for that you may not that's fine but i do i think people that are smart enough to just say you know what there's more here than just let's flame let's just throw somebody away you know I, i'm a person that believes you know you you look at everything. He is too. Now, I want to go back because a lot of you carry a ton of respect for Bill Parcells, as do I. One of the greatest coaches to ever coach. I think he's on the Mount Rushmore. Um, Bill Parcells, I mean, you may remember, <clears throat> said, if I can't, if I'm going to cook dinner, let me buy the groceries. And he was talking about, if I'm going to go somewhere and be a head coach, I want control over personnel. Now, that for a coordinator is if you're going to have me be your coordinator, you know, give me a say, let me, let me tell you what I want to do. So they meet with Getty. And one of the things that I have been told by two different people who are extremely familiar with the interviewing process, and I'm gonna leave it right there, is one of the things that has greatly impressed people about Antonio Pierce is he knows these candidates backwards, forwards, and he asks them very, very difficult and tough questions. You know, you failed here. Why? 
and there's no glossing over anything. He asks every question. So as they begin to talk to Getsny, he was very thorough. There was no dancing around anything that was negative. He just took it right on what happened. Um, I was also told that there was some things that he could have thrown people under the bus and made them look really bad where he stayed factual, but not flaming. And I want to talk to you about him and about some things that stood out. Now, he played quarterback in college, played at Pittsburgh for two years, and then he goes to Akron. And why he's in Akron, um, he leads them to their first title and bowl game, the first title ever, conference title, and they win a bowl game. So he had success as a player on the field. Someone may say, well, it's only at Akron. Yep, you're right, it is. And so was Ben Roethlisberger's and a bunch of other people. The point of the matter is he competed at a Division I level and accomplished things, championships. And does that, make, does that mean everybody that played quarterback or played in a MAC in school and won a title is going to be a great head coach? No, but it's laying the foundation. So the first thing he does, he goes and wins a championship in, in college. But he showed some tremendous leadership ability. Now, that opened the door for him so much so he goes back. He is a grad assistant at Akron. And then he goes in, in Pittsburgh, even though he transferred, wanted him back because he showed such tremendous leadership skills. And, and he was there under Dave Wanstead, who many of you know is a defensive mind. I'm going somewhere with this, so stick with me. So both schools wanted him back, which shows a leadership ability and character. That's a big deal. Now, then, and this is a big then, he gets some time to work with Dave Wanstead, who's a defensive mind. And I can see some of you, you're throwing stuff at your screen mad at me. I don't care about defense. He's a coordinator. Okay, just listen. But he shared things he learned about leadership from Wanstead who has not had a tremendous career as a, as a, as a head coach, but he was extremely successful as, a, as an assistant and did do some things as a head coach, wasn't extremely successful, but did do some things, but explained, hey, I learned this about leadership at a high level from Dave Wanstead. And it was things that, that he learned that the Raiders covet and want in a leader. So that was a big deal, even though he's a defensive guy, he learned things about – that's like saying, you know, I don't want a head coach. I mean, I don't want a coordinator, an offensive coordinator who coached with Bill Parcells or coached with Bill Belichick because they're defensive guys. It means nothing. No, it means everything because you still learn stuff from them. You still get things from them. And it's part of your DNA of who you are as a coach. So they went all the way back. You know, why do you think Pittsburgh wanted you back? Why do you think Akron? Because most schools – they only keep those GA spots. There's just a few of them, and they're precious. It's free coaches, basically. I mean, they get paid something, but it's nothing. You want to know the most underappreciated people in the world of football? It's college GAs. They work about 100 hours a week and get nothing in return. Well, essentially nothing. They're slaves. That's, you know, that's the wrong term. That's disrespectful. I don't want to say that. They are very cheaply paid labor. Let's leave it there. I apologize for using the other term. That, that wasn't a proper term. Let's keep moving. 
So then from there, he goes to Western Michigan, where he coaches with my good friend, PJ Fleck, who's now the head coach at Minnesota. And so he learns there and did a tremendous job, tremendous job at WMU with PJ Fleck. Great, great job working on that offensive staff. And everyone knows what PJ did at Western Michigan was phenomenal. But again, what'd you learn from PJ? What'd you learn about that process? No, it wasn't at like the SEC or the Big Ten, but it certainly was at a, a, a Division One level. What'd you learn? And, oh, by the way, when they were there, they had tremendous building the DNA. Now, if you're going to dismiss all of this, that's fine. You're certainly allowed to. But Albert Einstein had to learn math somewhere. And so while we we don't dismiss him as a physicist and a scientist, um, because of what he did at the end of his career, you got to look at everything that built up to who he was in his career. It's like people who want to discount Mike Krzyzewski coaching at uh, Army. Well, you see all the success he had at Duke. But he's personally told me, Mike Krzyzewski, he would have never been the coach at Duke had he, that he was had he not coached at Army. This is being thorough. Just we're going to go through and be thorough and look at everything that you do. So then he goes to, then his career continues to progress, but then he gets an opportunity to go to Mississippi State. Not a perennial power, not a school loaded with a ton of talent in the SEC. In the SEC. This is, I jumped a little bit, but I'm not jumping anything bad. I'm jumping for the sake of time. He gets to, to Mississippi State. Now, let me just share some of these figures with you. Why he is the OC there, they average 29 points a game, which I thought was a very, very big deal. 11th in strength of schedule at 397 yards of offense a game and one turnover against an SEC schedule with Mississippi State talent. He shined. Now, to Mississippi State's credit, uh, they let him dictate the offense. So that's the first time where he cooked the dinner and made the groceries. And he wowed a bunch of NFL people. After that year, NFL people were like, we got to get this guy to the NFL. He won a ton of respect. And because he ran the offense, the head coach was extremely complimentary of him. They were very like, hey, this guy's super. His ability to read things, analyze things, watch film. He took an undermanned Mississippi State team against SEC talent. And allowed them to be, not only be competitive, but put up that many yards. Uh, the you know that that job of just controlling and discipline. That was the thing, success and discipline. That is what AP loved. He's a thinker. He's outside the box. He's not married to any system. I shared this with you before. Antonio Pierce wants a staff that's married to winning. Okay, you're not always going to get your first draft pick choice. It's not going to happen. I shared with you guys before. Dave Sneedler wanted C.J. Stroud. Josh McDaniels didn't. So they didn't get C.J. Stroud. Would this team look, look different with him? Oh, yeah. 
Okay. Another plan was if somebody offers us enough, we're willing to give up our spot, trade down, and then get Kalijah Canty, who the defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh, who's now with the Buccaneers. Okay. But when their pick came, they were a little, they were very surprised that Tyree had fallen. And so they did they get offers? They sure did. But they didn't think any offer exceeded the value they had on Tyree. So they took Tyree and look how Tyree turned out at the end of the year playing extremely well. Okay. You never know who you're going to get. Okay. You may go into something thinking, I'm, I'm going to share a story. I know an NFL team of the Lions who were 100% convinced they were going to go get this guy free agency. They wanted Matt Millen was the general manager. They wanted this guy. They were going to go get him. All signs indicated the Lions were going to get him, and they're thinking we're going to go this direction. Bam. First day of free agency, somebody just threw a stupid offer on the table, and I mean it was stupid. Lions were going to offer big. This was stupid, and they lost him. Okay? You just you never know how the process works out. I met my wife on September 9th in 1981. Thought I was 10, she was 8. Thought I was going to marry her. No, she made me wait. Didn't want to get married as an eight-year-old. <laughs> but my point was, you never know how things work out. You never know. How many, I remember years ago, and I wasn't covering the Raiders at the time, but they signed Warren Sapp. Man, people went crazy. Didn't work out the way people thought it was going to work out. I remember... Matt Millen. I remember Matt, and you guys have heard him tell me this story in a podcast, calling Al Davis and saying, Al, listen, you don't want Jamarcus Russell. No, I do. I, or I don't know if he said he did or what. He just kind of blew Mar Mar Matt off. And he thought Matt was trying to get him to pass over Jamarcus so he could pick him. How'd that work out? There were some people that wore silver and gold that thought picking Damon Arnett was a great choice. How'd that work out? I mean, you just never know. Now, do I think the new regime would pick a Damon Arnett? No, <laughs> no. But the point is, you, you never know. And so you have to have people that are, are malleable and people who can adapt. And that's what AP is looking for. He wants people in his staff who are, you know, okay, this is what we got. There's a scene um, in the movie Apollo 13 where the astronauts are caught up in space. And the actor walks in and, and he says, this is everything they have in their capsule. If we don't design a way to make a filter so they can get some fresh oxygen, they're all going to die. This is all that they have. Failure is not an option. Make it happen. That if you wanted to know one area to depict Antonio Pierce's coaching style, that's it. I don't want any excuses. I don't want to know what you don't have. Every year, me and Tom are going to give you what you got. Go make something of it. Now, I'll get to that in a minute, but I think that's very, very important. So then he goes to um, the Packers, and 
I want to talk about this because he starts as an offensive quality control coach and then goes to um, wide receiver coach. So I'm going to tell you a couple things about him. So he's there with Mike McCarthy and Matt LaFleur. Now, I know that Dallas fans are not fans of Mike McCarthy, but there are a lot of people around the NFL who think Mike McCarthy is not the problem at all in Dallas. There's other problems. And I agree with them, by the way. He learns a ton from Mike McCarthy and Matt LaFleur. Now, they bring him in from Mississippi State because of what they saw. They, they loved his offensive ingenuity, and they loved how creative he was with what he had. So he comes in and gets he uh, instantly. They're, they're telling him, we want you helping us. Well, yeah, you're, you're a quality control coach. Yeah, you're an offensive coach. Uh, wide receiver coach eventually didn't become wasn't that right first but you have carte blanche to speak on this offense and he began to speak he began to say okay well you wanted to know what i and they would say what do you think lou and he would tell him okay i do this i do that he was very instrumental in that offense and remember they had aaron Rodgers, they had Devonte adams they had a ton of success and lafleur and mccarthy will tell you Getsy was a huge part of it. In fact, had Lafleur left, Getsy was going to be the offensive coordinator. So he was so good. And the Bears, who are in the NFC Norris, I know it's the North, but when you're from where I grew up in Michigan, you call it the Norris after the old hockey division. Um, they were so impressed with how he had impacted it. And they knew he was going to be the OC if if Lafleur, um, you know, if Lafleur had moved on, that he ends up going to the Bears. Now let's talk about the Bears. The Bears. He's told by Everflutes, and he's told by the Bears, "This is what we want." Okay, now I want you to hear me for a minute. How many remember the stories? If you don't, go back and Google them. I realize most of you will, but some of you, it's going to take time and, and you would rather just flame. So that's fine. But go back and look at how frustrated Justin Fields was with his coaches. Okay. Very frustrating. Because they were trying to put a square peg in a round hole. It didn't work. And... The problem was, is Getsy was doing what his bosses told him to do. That's what they told him to do. So Fields is frustrated, which, which quite frankly, I think he should have been. But Getsy did what Getsy was told to do. So Fields gets hurt. He's now he now has a a quarterback, a UDFA quarterback, which did a lot of interesting things. You know, Getsy was able to help him. Now, still within the parameter of what the coaches wanted, but more than one people person said. In fact, I, I was in Chicago for the game where the Raiders lost to them. And you can go back and hear my post-game podcast and all that and, and, and hear me talking about the young kid and some things that he did. I'm walking out and one of the Bears coaches who I'm friends with said to me, because that was all Getsy today. The fact that we even found a way to get enough points to win 
He goes, that was a miracle. So the success in Chicago would make you think, oh, man, no. But what about the success in Green Bay? What about the success at Mississippi State? So then we come to this offseason. And I told you guys, he was very respected around the NFL. I got a lot of laughs out of Flamers. But four teams interviewed him for offensive coordinator this year. Does that not tell you that they probably saw? And, and there was significant interest. Significant interest. Um, there was still one and maybe two offensive coordinator jobs that he probably, one more for sure he was going to get an offer. And another one, uh, I was told by someone in that organization, was probably going to get an offer. So two for sure, Raiders and another team, and probably a third was going to get an offer. So that tells you there's great respect there was hilarious watching. I, I actually had fun with it. I had somebody in the organization send me a tweet of a screenshot of somebody putting up a gif of a bunch of people laughing because I called them respected. And they go, how many people are offering these this guy hundreds of thousands of dollars to read their, to lead their NFL offense? Yet he's laughing at Getsy. It was, it was cute. It was funny. I, I, I promise not mad about it. I thought it was pretty funny. And so he is extremely well-respected. People still remember what he did in Green Bay. People still remember what he did at Mississippi State. They like his ability to, um, to grow players. But it's, it's not his fault when he's told, this is what we want the offense to look like, and here's what you're going to do. And so Tom Telesco did an interview this week. And um, it wasn't with any national media. It was some high school football coaches. But in there, they were talking to him about the draft. And he talked about, I don't even know what we're going to do yet. And he did it. I think he did the interview on Saturday or Sunday. And I've been telling you, they have no idea what they're going to do. I'm going to get to this in a minute. But so it's, they want to find out what, and, 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 and Telesco talked about, we want to know what the offensive coordinator wants to do. So then we can figure out what we're going to do. And that really impressed them. It really impressed them. He was, he was his character impressed them. Um, the way he was able to explain failure without trashing people. Nobody wants that. I always laugh when I interview people for jobs. If you come in trashing your ex-boss, I'm just not going to hire you. Because is that what you do? You walk out flaming people? Really? And, you know, you can say, you know, this didn't work out, that didn't work out, and, you know, whatever. But, you know, here's why I think it would be different here. And you can do things in a way that show character and show integrity. And um, he did that. And the Raiders were extremely impressed with him. Now, you have every right to not be. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't have zero issues with anyone that says, I, I don't like to get the hire. Just like there are people that say, I don't like the AP hire. I have no problem with that. None. None. Because you're entitled to that opinion. And that, and that and, and many of you have delivered germane reasons why you don't like those hires. I can't argue with that. Okay. Okay. I'm good with that. I had, you know, I've had people saying to me, I don't want to watch your your podcast because you're not a Raider fan. Okay. I, I accept that. 
There's lots of great podcasts out there that are done by fans. I've been a guest on several of them. They're great podcasts, good people. I've had people saying, I don't, I'm not going to watch your podcast because you mentioned the Lord. Okay, that's fine. I don't preach on here, but I'm not going to be silent about the absolute most important thing in my life. And I, I can't be. And so, but I understand I get that. It's not for everyone. And and so I, I don't have a problem with anybody that says, you know, I don't like the AP hire. I think it was a great hire. I don't like the Getty hire. Okay. Now, let's be honest. If I was hiring an OC, would I have gone the direction of Getsy? Um, I would have interviewed him. There are a couple other people that I think I, I would have probably looked at. Additionally, but not having sat down to interview them and Getsy together, not together, but within a close proximity, I don't know what I would have done. I would have for sure given Getsy an interview. But I don't know what I've done because I would have thought there was a couple other guys that maybe they would have interviewed. But they were guys that they didn't feel like fit the culture, which makes complete sense. And it's AP's culture. It's not Hondo's culture. But I think the Getty hire was a good hire. He is respected around the NFL. Do we know what he's going to do? Of course not. Of course not. And he may be end up being. I think he was. I think he's a great hire at this point. But we're going to see what he does down the road. You know, there are people who say, "Well, it's, man, look at all the screens." Uh huh. Ton of screens in Chicago, and I think the screen game is very important to a running game. Do I think there were times it was overdone? Uh huh. But he had a boss. I know a guy who was an offensive coordinator in the NFL who had a coach that went for it all the time, a lot. Not all the time, but a lot went for it in Fort Town. And it was very frustrating for him. I remember that after the season that year, we went out and went on a hunting trip together because I do a hunting trip every year after the year. And he was voicing to me, he goes, I'm getting killed for lack of success on the practice plan. He doesn't want to give me a lot of time to practice it. And number two, he's having me go for it in stupid situations. Because I'm frustrated about it. And he ended up going somewhere else and having tremendous success. So you don't know. And so we're gonna we're gonna ride this out. I think, and I, I said this to you at the very, very beginning. People said to me, Oh, I think AP can have the job, but he's got to hire XYZ. Okay. If AP is your guy, then you trust him to be your guy. Let AP buy his own groceries. He's earned that right. He's earned that right. If you believe in AP, then your opinion on Getsy should be, all right, maybe I would have hired him, maybe I wouldn't have, but hey, I trust AP. That's my guy. It's who I wanted. You don't want a head coach being dictated by the owner or the GM or whomever of what he has to do. That's not a fair opportunity. AP's earned that. You saw what he did with a staff he didn't pick. Let's watch what he does with a staff he does. Now, I want to address a couple things that I think are very important. Tom Telesco and um, 
a peace relationship. I've hit this a couple of times when I'm going to keep hitting it because I had another person say something to me about it last, last night down in the media center at the Super Bowl. Um, people are raving about the way those two work together, that it's really has been impressive. Um, I was told by someone last night, the respect that Tom has for AP um, impressed them. And I told you guys all along, everybody I know who knows AP um, has said, I mean, excuse me, that knows Tom Telesco has been wowed by his character, who he is as a man. So that's something that I just wanted to tell you, I think. And people um, have been equally as impressed with AP. Um, I had someone tell me, hmm. This might have been Sunday morning, could have been Saturday night, I don't remember, but said to me, they were impressed with how much AP listens to him. And it surprised them a little bit because this is AP's team. And they thought AP would just be, no, I'm the guy. And he is, he knows it, but I've shared this with you before. AP is smart enough to listen to other people. And, and it's just been, I'm told it's just been seamless. It's been terrific. In fact, the guy I talked to yesterday, yesterday was like, this is what he did. He goes, it's just been connected. I think that's really good. Um, I could tell you that the Raiders have made absolutely no decision on who's number one on their board, what direction they're going. They've made no decisions whatsoever. I, I, I was laughing. When we thought it was going to be Cliff Kingsbury, people were like, well, that's it. They're getting Caleb Williams. And I was literally laughing because I know what people were telling me when it was still believed that Cliff was coming. I had people around the league say to me, I'm really surprised he's going there with Washington targeting Caleb. So words already coming around Washington that they're targeting Caleb. But I just found that to be fascinating. The Raiders are, are really – Telesco's learning what he has. His staff's out gathering and continues to assimilate information. Um, just it's tremendously done, tremendously good stuff here. And I think that you're going to be very, very impressed with what's going on with the Raiders. So there you go. That's our update for today from here at the Super Bowl. A lot going on. Super Bowl media days today. I'll be down there, of course, talking to a ton of people. Got to you know, talk to a lot of folks. Have a great time down there. See a lot of my friends in the national media, as well as a bunch of people from around the NFL. It's going to be a terrific day. So from all of us here at Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, I hope that this um, helps you. I hope it gave you some information. Even if you don't want Luke, I hope it gave you at least information into what the Raiders saw, what the Raiders are thinking. I wish all of you the best. Hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you, everybody. Remember, follow me on IG at Hondo Carpenter, excuse me, at Hondo SR, Hondo SR. On X, formerly known as Twitter, it's at Hondo Carpenter. Check us out there. We'll see you all later. Don't forget, tons of articles coming, tons. When you go to si.com forward slash NFL forward slash traders, we'll see you all later. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network. Whoa.